There's a popular Chinese proverb that says the very best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago, and the second best time to plant a tree is today. In today's episode, I'm going to be talking all about the importance and the power of compounding content. I'm Angus Pike, and welcome to the Marketing Your Practice podcast. Now, if you have difficulty with people engaging with your content, uh, whether it be just your posts on Instagram, whether it be your videos or your website, where either no one's coming along, or it's very few people coming along, or they come and they don't stay, then today's episode is going to be really important for you. I want to introduce and explain a little bit more about this concept of compounding content. I'm going to talk to you about the two things and the only two things that you should be doing with every piece of content. Well, almost every piece of content that you'd be sharing as well. Now, when I first opened my practice, the current one, Life Chiropractic, back in 2000, I had one simple marketing strategy. Now, I only had one because I didn't know a lot about marketing back then. It was 20 years ago, the two. Now, I don't suggest that you have just one strategy. Whenever we have only one strategy for success, we make ourselves really quite vulnerable. Now, this strategy worked for me because I was very persistent and consistent, and I really worked at it. In fact, it was very successful in about three short years. It helped me to build the volume of my practice uh, close to that kind of 350 to 400 visits a week. We were able to maintain that for a decade until I started to kind of step back from the practice a little. So what was that strategy? What was it? It was my weekly spinal care class. Now, in this weekly spinal care class, wasn't rocket science. I had all of my new patients come along or I invited all of them along. Probably about eight out of 10 of them people would come along. So not everybody. And we talked about how they could get the best out of their chiropractic care, how they could, in essence, save themselves time, effort, energy, money, get better results with less time and spending less money as well. And I gave them a beginning to see the bigger picture of how chiropractic could help them and maybe the benefits that chiropractic care could have on their family as well. Now, in communicating and sharing that kind of content with my patients, one of the things that it did is it massively improved my retention because it meant that my patients were seeing value for chiropractic care just beyond the resolution of symptoms. So they saw that just because that they had no more back aches, neck aches, it didn't mean that chiropractic couldn't be valuable for them. So retention was improved enormously. My referrals improved also because they started to see that chiropractic could help so many more things. So many of them would then bring their families in as a result of coming when we talked about the what chiropractic could do for children um, through all different stages of life. Now, the second thing that I did at that workshop as well is I encouraged every one of my new patients that came along to bring a guest. And again, not everybody did, but probably almost half of the people would. So they would bring along a guest, they would hear that same talk. And then when they got to the end of that talk, if somebody sat down there and listened to me speak for 35 or 40 minutes, at the end, what I would do is I invite them into the practice. So, and I would do that consultation at no expense at all. So it was a free consultation. And many of those people would go on to be patients. So it was really effective. One, because it educated people, which helped retention and referrals. And two, it was a constant source of new patients for me. Now, for the first 10 years, I did those workshops like every week. And when I say every week, I don't mean three out of four weeks. Like, I mean, I missed very, very few of those. Now, on average, I might have had six or seven people along at those. So there might have been two or three guests at tops um, that would come along to those workshops. But let me be clear, there were many, many weeks, like lots of times, dozens of times that I would do that workshop to one or two people. Yes, I would sit there 
for 35 minutes and I would go through that same process with one person. And I would do it for multiple reasons. I felt a sense of obligation to do it. But second, I knew it really made sense. I knew that if I wanted to improve retention and referrals, help to build my practice, have a bigger impact on my community, then that was a really valuable half hour of my time. Now, it wasn't just a half hour. I had to kind of get things set up 15 minutes beforehand. I had a little kind of PowerPoint display that I would go along with it and then pack up afterwards. So in essence, it was about an extra hour 15 of my time there. Now, here's what I want you to realize. Many of you are creating videos and content and you're feeling frustrated because 10 or 12 people watch the video. You're like, oh, I made this video here and only 12 people watched it. I've got to tell you, if you could go back, take me back 20 years ago and tell me that I could make a 10 or 12 minute, in fact, it's not even that, if I could make a five or six minute video and I could get 10 or 12 people to watch it and it, you know, again, and then I could share it in different spots and then maybe I could boost it and spend a dollar here and have that get 100 and 200 people watching it the two. I would have jumped at that. We sometimes forget the impact of having a conversation with just one person. So 12 people doesn't sound like many people to be talking to. But if you're in a small room or even a big room, if you've got 12 people right there in front of you, that you can tell them the benefits of them coming to see you as a naturopath, a Chinese med practitioner, as a chiropractor. If you can inspire them and educate them and help get them one step closer to their health outcome, then that's a really valuable video to create. Now, here's the downside of my talk or the way I was doing it before the too. The talk only worked when I was doing it. There was only one time that people could come along and view it, and that was on a Tuesday night. It started at 7.15 and finished a little bit before 8 o'clock. And so if somebody came along and thought that was fabulous information and they wanted to get a friend to watch it, they had to wait until Tuesday night next week at 7.15 for them to view it. In fact, that's when I started to realize the downfall of this strategy. It was around this time I started to see the impact of creating content that instead of it going from one to one where we had to be together there too, it could work during the middle of the night, on the weekends and all the times that I wasn't there. It's part of what led me to really starting to study marketing. In particular, it's what started me studying video as well. Now, the content that you're creating compounds. It builds value. Now, so I, I just went back and had a look today. Now, the Marketing Your Practice podcast now has 151,028 downloads. Now, um, I had a moment of pat myself on the back with regards to that. That sounds like a really big number. But if we go back to episode number one, I remember to begin with, they had like 20 people. Marketing your practice show. Listen to it. That's it. Doesn't sound like many, but here I am less than two years afterwards. And I'm on my way to a quarter of a million people having engaged with this. Now, what ends up happening is that many of you that engage with this, we start to build a relationship. We build trust. You get to know me. Maybe you get to like me if you're continuing to watch them. You, you do. And then many of you might down the track think that it's worth kind of engaging one of my courses, whether it be video influence, whether it be coming to me for coaching, coming along to one of the events that I run, those kind of things, because we've built a relationship. So these podcasts and even those earlier episodes, they're still being watched and listened to and engaged with. Now, I want you to think for a moment, if you're committed to creating content, a piece of content, a video, I'm going to suggest uh, videos where it's at, gang, at the moment, that if you created a video once a week, it was a three-minute video where you shared a really helpful little tip, and then you put that out into your community. If you did that every week, and you did that for the next two years, that would be 100 videos that you would have made. Now, if each of those videos only had kind of... Uh, 10 people engage with it too, 
that's a thousand people that you've reached. Now, out of those thousand people, if you're doing your videos right, and I'm going to tell you what you need to be doing with your videos right in a moment too, that will result in patience. Now, here's the neat thing. When you stop making those videos at the end of year two, those videos don't stop working. They're still there when somebody says, mm, I'm looking for a chiropractor in Port Melbourne. Who will I go and see? We'll do a bit of a Google search. If those videos are on your website, your website is much more likely to rank higher. If they come onto your website and they start engaging with it, they're much more likely to engage with it if it's got videos on it. But these videos continue to work for you for years and probably decades after that you've actually made them. So what are the two things that your videos need to do? Well, really simplified. In previous episodes, we've dived deeper, but I, I'm going to take a, a step back. There's two things your videos need to do. They need to deliver value, okay? And the value, I think, needs to look like this. You've heard me say this beforehand, but mastery is in repetition, okay? And that is our videos need to get our audience one step closer to the health outcome they're looking for. Share cool and helpful content. And then at the end of that, at the end of that video, have a call to action. Now, this is something that I've, I've changed a lot over this recent years. Because if you go back to some of my earlier podcasts and even by some of my earlier trainings, I would have said that maybe one out of every four of your videos should have a call to action that's actually inviting somebody into your practice. But I think that probably now is that three out of four of your videos could have that. So beforehand, I said, just do it one out of four. You don't want to look like you're kind of always inviting people into your practice. You'll look pushy and sleazy and needy and all those kind of things there too. But I think now you can probably do it three out of four times if you do it right. So I want you to think about something. At the end of every one of these episodes, there's a little outro marketing piece there. That's what it is. That says, hey, if you like this episode, you should come and check out Community Influencer. It's my small group coaching course where we dive a whole bunch deeper inside of this. Now, my guess is, is that when you get to this end of the episode, um, it's not like, you're, oh, Angus, you're so pushy. Why are you always going on about that? It's part of it. I've delivered value. It's kind of part of what happens afterwards. Many of you might hit the stop button by the time it gets to there too, but it doesn't break down the relationship. If you've just shared a really wonderful piece of content, maybe about improving someone's digestive system, you've talked about what the most common allergens are that people might have that they don't even realize they're eating, and you get to the end of it and you said something like this, hey, listen, if you've tried these things or if your case is a little bit more complex and you want some one-on-one -on -one help, We've been helping a local community here with digestive problems for the last 10 years. I'd love to help you too. You can give Mackenzie a call on 96461414. As always, gang, thanks for all you do. See you later. A heartfelt call to action like that, inviting somebody in towards your practice there. I mean, heck, you could do that on each and every video. But there needs to be a call to action. And I'm going to tell you that I think most of them should be just that. Hey, listen, if you want more help, Okay, if you've, you know, if I've just gone through some great exercises, if I've just showed you how to set up your desk, and I say, hey, listen, if your desk is already set up like this and you're still continuing to have neck and shoulder problems, then there's every chance that maybe your spine might be out of alignment and chiropractic is great with that. And we've been helping people with this stuff now for two decades as well. I'd love to help you too. Give Mackenzie a call, 96461414. Let's get you back on track. Life is stressful enough at the moment. You don't need a pain in the neck at the same time. When it's delivered like that, it doesn't look sleazy, it doesn't look pushy, it doesn't look needy, and we're telling our audience what to do next. So, Albert Einstein once said that one of the most powerful forces in the world is compounding interest. I agree with him, okay? Compounding interest, it doesn't look like there's much happening in the early days. It's the same with compounding content. The time for you to get started with your videos was two decades ago, and if you didn't get started then, then the next best time for you to be starting is right now. Simple. Once a week, little videos.
anywhere between 60 seconds and three minutes where you do two things. You deliver value. You get your audience one step closer to the health outcome that they're looking for and you finish with a call to action. Okay, I'm going to go on record right now saying the vast majority of the call to actions that you should be putting out there putting out there is in a really cool way inviting them into your practice but other calls to actions could be comment down beneath have you got any questions what kind of videos would you like to be making there too so um, there are many different calls to action but the key here is have a call to action tell your audience what to do next fast forward gang two years when you've got this content out there if another practitioner comes into town, you're almost impossible to catch. You've got all this wonderful content out there. You've positioned yourself as the authority, as the expert there too. And whenever you come into any market, second, catching first is almost impossible, particularly if you've done this. I think that's it. I've looked at my notes. I think we've covered everything from there. I want you to start on your content. I want you to start on it now. I want you to make sure that you're being valuable with your content and you have a good, strong call to action. Gang, as always... Thanks for all that you do. Keep saving lives. See you back here again next week. Bye. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, you have to come and check out the Community Influencer Program. It's my monthly coaching program where we take all this material and I'll work one-on-one with you to apply, implement, systematize, and help guide you and your practice to the next level. Now, you can join me on over at adiomedia.com forward slash join. That's adiomedia.com forward slash join. I'd love to see you in there.